Moms Without Time podcast. It's all too much and not enough at the same time. Hello and welcome to Moms Without Time podcast, a show where two moms share their own experiences, thoughts, ideas, and tips on all things being a mom. I'm Melissa, mom of two beautiful girls. And I'm Monica, mama of one. Come listen in and be part of our conversation where we discuss the hard stuff, the fun stuff, and the not-so-talked-about stuff. Motherhood is a tremendously rewarding and beautiful journey, and we want to share it with you. So don't stop what you're doing. Just pop those headphones in, get ready to pick up some toys, wash bottles, or start your pump sesh. Whatever you choose, be part of the conversation by listening in, joining us on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Without Time. Be sure to send us a DM if you have any thoughts or questions, and head over to our website, momswithouttime.com, for more information and our everyday resources. So we um, recorded our postpartum like uh, episode, and it went so long that we broke it up. <laughs> yes. So this first part is our birth experience, and then we will post another one on our postpartum experience. Yes. So even though, because I don't know how editing will be. Yeah. We might reference to it as like postpartum, just in general, and but mainly the first episode would just be the birth, the birth experience, both yeah, of our birth, yeah, birth, birth sure. experiences. So we talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems like we need it. I know we, we, we we're venting. Right I did not. I fired my therapist, but now I'm doing a podcast. There we so. go. There we go. This is our therapy here. So yeah. hopefully you tune into both. Welcome back, everyone. We are back at Hogwarts. Do you know what house you're in? Um, you don't even watch Harry Potter. I do didn't you? really. I mean, yes, I did. I watched all seven movies. Okay, because you're about to offend me right now. <laughs> okay. I read two of the books. Okay, but what house are you in, though? I mean, I just want to be in Gryffindor. 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 <laughs> I'm in Ravenclaw. John. Okay, okay but I have a question. Because everybody, like, chooses. No. Did somebody choose you for you? No, you take a test. Okay, well, I need to take the test because I'm just choosing for myself. Like, See, that's, that's what I right. want to be in. I think you would be in Ravenclaw. Because Ravenclaw mm-hmm. is, like, smart, like, wise, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And that's, like, you and me. Like, we're the okay. same. Okay, okay. So then I'm going to start saying that. But I do want to take the test. Yes, we have to, we got, we got to get you to take the test. Anyways, we're still here. have been asking me that for years. I'm like, that's what I've been saying. Just because, like. Because that's the main one. Yeah. You're lying. I think Slytherin. Next time I'll Right? <laughs> okay, so, yes, we're back here. We are doing a two-for-one, again, recording session because we make the most of our time that we don't have. Yes. We are actually up late tonight. Our kids are asleep. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, you know that I hate losing sleep. Mm-hmm. So you guys are very special to me because <laughs> I'm literally losing sleep right now. She had, well, we both had coffee. At yeah. nine o'clock at night, just to do this, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with, because I could I could drink coffee. And I was go to gonna sleep. ask you that the other day, like you literally drink coffee all day long, mm-hmm. and you sleep and knock out, mm-hmm. and you don't wake up. I honestly How? don't think I drink coffee for the caffeine. Like it does not wake me up. It's more just a lifestyle. That's what I'm saying. But you drink, you have the caffeine in your system, anyways. How do you knock out like that? I don't know. I. I Maybe just that I'm that exhausted. 
Maybe like me my anxiety too. is me too. My anxiety plus the caffeine are like going like this all day long that I just like. But you know what's up. crazy is like I'm not a coffee drinker, and I wake up with the slightest noise. It, it, Julia can just freaking Maybe yawn. Maybe that has something to do with it too. The fact that you're a light sleeper. Super light sleeper. It's very annoying. I so. actually okay. So I'm holding Millie sometimes at night. I'm like, I don't. I, I'm trying to like analyze how I fall asleep so quickly. Because yeah. I can never tell you. I'll tell you right now. If, when me and Victor are done talking, done You're cuddling, good night. That's it. The next, the morning, like the I'm sun jealous. is shining, and I'm like, whoa, it's already time. Like, I'm so yeah. jealous. And with all the coffee you drink, with like, all the when coffee. I drink coffee, like I can't fall asleep. Good luck. Good luck. I'm jealous. Okay. So, anyways, we are gonna be talking about postpartum today. Fancy. This is a very fun, but also traumatizing subject for many people it's very intense and i think that not a lot of moms want to talk about the postpartum yeah or maybe society just doesn't allow us to yeah. talk as freely yeah about it but we're here we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna share probably a lot of information that's probably tmi um but that's okay if you're uh going to be a mom like you're a mom already but if you're pregnant to listening to this don't get scared. Yeah, everybody's different. Some hundred percent. So yeah, so basically, my story is not as traumatizing as yours or stories. Mm-hmm. Um, my pregnancies were rough, like rough, rough. Um, but when I talk about Maya's birth experience and postpartum, it's like I could not have planned it any better. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Because that's probably why you don't want a second because of the yeah. postpartum, you know? Yeah, 100%. So let me talk about um, Maya's um, birth and postpartum. She came in like nine hours. You hate me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, hate me right now. So, okay, so, but, okay, so I did have preeclampsia with Maya. I noticed that my blood pressure was had been going up and I was starting to get some headaches. Um, and I am a nurse, so of course I'm going to check my blood pressure. Um, many people actually wouldn't, and that scares me because, like, I know what signs to look for, and I'm like, what would another mom have done, you know? Been, like, at the last minute, just, oh, my, it scares me. So I caught the preeclampsia, like, very, very, very yeah. early. Like, I basically had the urine test to see if I had any protein in the urine, and that's mm-hmm. how you kind of see if you... Um, your blood pressure is going up and preeclampsia is like all of that stuff. So I'm going to get too technical with that. But I didn't have protein in my urine um, when they first checked me. And I'm like, okay, but like my blood pressure is going up, you know, and I'm having Mm -hmm. some symptoms like I was getting headaches. So then they, and I am a person that's, I'm going to like continue to harass people, right? So they told me, okay, well, go ahead and do like a 24-hour urine collection, so I did that, and then during that time, I did start having protein in my urine. And so they decided, because my blood pressure was going up, I was having symptoms, and then I had the protein in my urine, that um, they would go ahead and induce me. So um, I was scheduled for uh, to get induced on a Monday morning. No, no, no. It was like they told me to come in at 9 o'clock at night. I think it was a Sunday night. Um, so I came in at 9 they got me admitted and everything and then around two in the morning mm-hmm. they gave me like um 
I don't even remember what medication it is on my mind, like, but something to like kind of induce me. Um, I didn't even really get Pitocin, but she get, she told me, the nurse told me that she was giving me a fourth of a tab. She was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. This is like not even going to do nothing. But I was already two centimeters at that point. I was 38 weeks. She came at 38 weeks. And two o'clock is when they gave it to me by like, I think it was like by four o'clock. I was like six centimeters. Mm. So like two hours later, I was there six centimeters. And then by like seven o'clock, I was already like nine centimeters. Mm. So, and I didn't get like... <laughs> You're That's making faces. Real. You're making faces. <laughs> so I didn't even get Pitocin or nothing. The The doctor basically told me, like, it didn't matter if we induced you today. She was coming today because yeah. it was so fast. I need to stop hating because I love my niece. But. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was so fast. She came at 9 o'clock. So yeah. I was, like, from 2 to 9. Was that 7 hours? Ooh, Jesus. So she was fast. Um, she was born at 924. Um, I feel like... The labor experience for me was amazing because, one, it was so fast, but two, I did get the epidural, and that was awesome because the way my epidural worked on me was that everything got numb, but I still had feeling everywhere. It didn't hurt. Like, I could still move my legs. Mm -hmm. I could still, like, shift myself around, but nothing was painful. I knew when I had contractions because I could feel them. I could feel my whole, you know, um, uterus getting tight, but it didn't hurt. So, like, there were several times, like, when the doctor was ready, he was like, okay, on the next contraction, like, we're going to start pushing or whatever. And they weren't looking at the the monitor or anything, and I'm like, okay, I'm having one right now. Like, I was telling them, like, I was contracting, but it wasn't hurting. And I could feel myself push, and I could feel her coming down, but it didn't hurt. So, I felt like I experienced both of them best of both worlds where I could feel that kind of stuff but it didn't hurt and so she came in like two or three pushes or whatever and um uh, <laughs> should have went first, <laughs> <laughs> went first. <laughs> sorry we're laughing because I know her story and I'm like oh <laughs> feeling bad over here um, but I did uh, oh okay so this was the, the scary part about Maya so it was good but her heart rate did start going down. Every time she had a, had a contraction, her heart rate went down. And um, there was one point where the doctor, like, his whole demeanor changed. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, very concerned. And he looked at me and he said, you have to get her out on the next push. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan was like, everybody looked so scared. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah. And so, like... It actually did, but I only did because he literally had to cut me. So I didn't tear. He did the episiotomy on me. Oh, okay. And because he was like, I think her heart rate was dropping too low, so he had to get her out, you know. So that was the scariest part of everything. Um, and she came, and it was beautiful. And um, we talked earlier on on other episodes how, like, we I didn't get the golden hour and things like that. But postpartum-wise... Um, it was, I just remember the hospital stay, like, you're so tired. I probably wasn't as tired as you, but you're so tired that, like, you don't even, like, have, like, the drive to do things, you know, because you're so tired. But I did feel, like, a surge of, like, 
just happiness, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it was, but like, I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I was so tired, like, I have videos of Jonathan, like, just knocked out, and I'm like, I can't, I literally, I literally can't sleep, you know? Yeah. And they always say, sleep when your baby sleeps, and I could not sleep in the hospital. Wow. I don't know if it, what it was, but ever since then, I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I um, remember packing up, overpacking, um, because, you know, the fresh baby, you want to pack for everything. The things that really helped me postpartum, especially down there in the lady parts, were the witch hazel pads. Mm. Those things are amazing. I didn't really use the icicle pads. Mm -hmm. I don't like those. But I did use the little round circle ones. For Juliet, I used the Frida ones because they had come out with the Frida ones. Those Mm -hmm. are pretty cool. But, um, yeah, that was my experience with Maya. Juliet came as fast but she came a week early. She came at 39 weeks. And with her, my water actually broke. So she came on her own. Um, I was on aspirin for her because I had preeclampsia. So to prevent my blood pressure from going up, they put me on aspirin. Um, but so when she came, I was laying in bed. And I remember I just felt this like I heard the pop. But I felt like she kicked me in my vagina. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I was asleep and it woke me up. Yeah. It was like the loudest pop. And I was like, oh my gosh, she just kicked me so hard. Like I, I jumped up because I thought she, I was like, how did she kick me down there? You know? Yeah. And so Jonathan, I freaked Jonathan out because I was just like woke up out of my sleep. And so I stood up and then I felt the water coming down my leg. And I was like, oh my God, my water broke, you know? So she came pretty quickly too. I don't even remember what time my baby was born. That's bad. Do you remember what time Millie was born? Uh, I believe around between 8 and 10. It was already like 10 in the morning. Okay. I remember Maya's. I think it was 10 in the morning because I remember at night you texted Mm -hmm. and then I woke up around 7 or 8 that Mm -hmm. morning because I was in Houston as well. Not for that same reason, but just like I was up and then I got the text around 10 that she had been born. Okay. And oh, Juliet. Yeah, Juliet. yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. She was in the morning, too. Yeah. I had a, I have a nephew who was born the same day. Oh, yeah. Literally 12 hours after you. Okay, yours. yes, I do remember now because my water broke in the middle of the night, and mm-hmm. I went in, and she was born that morning. Yeah, so yeah. between like 8 or 10, something yeah. like that. So hers, hers was very similar to Maya. She came super fast. Um, for her, the problem with me was my blood pressure was going down a lot. Mm-hmm. So they were a little bit worried about that. Um, but the birth experiences and the postpartum were very similar. Like I was able to get up pretty quickly afterwards. I mean, I was still hurting, of course, because you hurt. And then the uterine cramps are awful. And then you're so tired. Um, oh my gosh. And I don't know why, but like when they're newborns like that, like I can't, I just can't sleep. I just remember that. Mm-hmm. Just not being able to sleep. And just looking into their their little bassinet and being like, oh, is she breathing? Is she breathing? <laughs> Sometimes. But yeah, that's um, my simple birth experience. Very simple. No, I'm just kidding. It's okay because I forgive you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my bad. Oh, God. Um, so if, I don't know if this is even a fact, but I feel like you have at least like the medical knowledge, mm-hmm. you know? And I mm-hmm. think that even though I did 
in some ways have a little bit of like the medical background and not in the same level. And like, so, do you feel like you didn't know what to expect at all? Yeah. And I do also feel like my OB-GYN did not educate me enough and also didn't, like, do an I didn't do a good job of educating myself prior to, like, other than, the, like, the class that I took and, you know, that textbook they give you that you yeah. can read. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just don't feel like I really knew coming in how hard it was. I mean, I know that it was, like, giving birth to an entire human. Yeah. So I know it was going to be, like, a piece of cake. Well, you don't know what it's like until you go through it. Right. Yeah. But it was, like, I can't, I just, there was nothing. There was, like, not even a sense of, like, not even facts to help me to be like, okay, this is the fact that, that this is going to happen next and this is going to happen next. There was like cycles, like first is pre-labor, then you're in actual labor, mm-hmm. active labor, and then, you know, all that. But it just didn't click. Mm-hmm. And I also did get induced because apparently Millie was weighing like much, much bigger than, Lies. much, much bigger than what they thought I could handle. And so my nurse, you know, scheduled an induction. She was like, she's going to weigh, like, eight or nine pounds by the time you have her. And you're, and you're so like, tiny. such a tiny person. So you need to, like, get her out. Well, how do you feel about that now? I hate it. Yeah. It's, honestly, it's probably why I can't think I, right now to have another one is because that's the beginning of, like, how everything yeah. just went crashing downhill, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I don't think she was ready, and I feel guilty about that. <laughs> she's like a whole. She's so like she's, she's healthy. Yeah. She's perfect. Yeah. Heads around. She has two <laughs> eyes. She has ten toes, and I still yeah. feel like that's messed up. Like I didn't give her that one because she was born at thirty nine. So that one more week at least, you know, before I kicked her out, and and I feel like it's my fault because I was like, but, but I also didn't. Like you didn't I said, know. I didn't know. Yeah, like, and you I was were scared. you were directed to do that though. Like yeah. it's not. I mean, of course you have a choice, but if you're not educated on it, what are you going to do? Now I know. Now you now know. I know. And, yeah, but I was just scared that she was going to be 8 and 9, and then it was going to get serious. So, yeah. thankfully, even though my birth story was, like, crazy, like, it was still pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And nothing bad happened during yeah. it, during it, so that I wasn't, like, rushed to get a C-section or anything like that. So, thank God I yeah. had, like, a... Um, a natural birth is what they call it, or a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I got scheduled at 39 weeks to get an induction, went in during the winter storms. That was, like, that was the biggest factor during the hospital was the fact that they were short-staffed. Never has, I don't feel like ever in the entire, like, history of the world have we been short staff nurses okay that was the only time the the amount of nurses that people hire i mean it's like a surplus of nurses going to school like there's no way you could be short staff on nurses they we were short staff on nurses so yeah i had the same nurse for longer than she needed to be there Mm. i think she was about 16 hour shift Mm. which normally they're only allowed to work like maybe a 12 hour shift mm -hmm. and then my next nurse was also the only nurse on the floor Normally, oh, they have about three nurses yeah. on the floor. So, she was the only one taking care of all of these uh, women in labor. Yeah. And so, um, that was that was hard because yeah. I felt as a, like, like never been. getting the had, attention. I wasn't getting the attention. I felt like I was being, like, isolated, like, isolated pretty much. Like, Victor didn't know what to expect. He didn't really, he couldn't help in any way. Yeah. And then the only one person that could pre- be the advocate for, for me would wasn't really there. Was busy, to be present, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I don't blame her for it, but it was just, like, a very hard thing to go through. Because yeah. I remember crying, not necessarily 
from pain at the beginning I did get that epidural I was just mostly crying because I'm like they don't understand like what I need I need to be so here's one thing so I tried the peanut ball so mm-hmm. I got induced they did what's the first thing that they put in there not the Pitocin, but the first. I can't remember um, the name of it. They put that rest. in to, like, start up labor, That's and what I had that didn't do anything. Mm. Um, and I had that. Do you have to have that for at least into your, I think, three or four centimeters? Mm-hmm. And that took mm. at least 10 hours to get to three centimeters. My doctor finally came in around um, the, like, 10-hour ten count, mm-hmm. and she came in and saw that I was only, like, three centimeters. So she said, I'm going to give you another hour, and then if you're four or five, then I will break your water. So then around, like, an, I would say she said that, but then it felt, I I can't get my facts straight, okay? Mm-hmm. Go check my chart. Mm-hmm. But, like, it felt like she had left, and then two to three hours later, she finally came back and was like, okay, you're five centimeters, like, let's break your water. Mm-hmm. And so she had to break my water. And then although I thought that was going to be nice, it actually... Feel, I feel like that's what caused my epidural to, like, like completely go away. Like, after that? After that. Because I was pretty good. Like, I was numb. I wasn't really feeling contractions yeah. or anything. Um, I could feel, like, some pressure, but not a lot. It was it was really great. Then she breaks my water, and all of a sudden, I need you to up my epidural. Like, mm-hmm. now. Like, right now. Yeah. And one thing that they kept saying was that you're supposed to feel this. You're supposed to feel this. You're supposed to feel that. And that that's cool. Okay, you guys are like, you like, know. I don't want to, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, no, it's getting to the point where I don't think I should be feeling this. Mm-hmm. And side note, I did have to get sticked twice for my epidural. The yeah. first time they hit my sciatic nerve. Um, yes. Or, yeah, because they said that, like, that's what they said. They looked at my chart and saw that, that I had, like, sciatic pain during my pregnancy so that the excuse that that they had hit my sciatic nerve okay i don't know guys yeah that's what they told me (laughs) that's what they told me it was really bad the first pinch was really bad and i was crying so it hurt when they did it hurt really bad Mm. it hurt really bad and they did they were super quiet like the whole time they were like staring at each other like the anesthesiologist and whatever the other guy was like a nurse they were just staring at each other and like documenting a lot yeah. and then eventually they were like okay we're gonna try to do it again yeah with Juliet I got stuck three times really I had three three you could feel the little holes in your back like yeah. three oh times bro God. it wasn't working that's crazy so see I was scared that it wasn't gonna work I ain't even allowed to stick me three times I, that's what I'm telling you they had to they had to document a lot they were like there for 10 minutes documenting yeah. before they were like let's do it again you know yeah and so they did it again and I was like, I didn't know if it had worked or not until I felt the sting. And then I was like, okay, I feel like this is working because it didn't, like, hit, like, the first one. Like, the first one felt like it was wrong completely. Yeah. Um, but it was working until they broke my water. And after that, I completely could feel. Not, not, I understand I'm not a freaking, like, ignorant person. Yeah. But the between pain and, and pressure is, okay? Yes, yes. And I was telling them, this, this is pain. Is pain. Yeah. This is not pressure. Yeah. And they made it very, like, I don't know, just so weird where they were like, you sure you need to get up? Like, they just asked me too many times. Like, I'm... Like, if like you don't know chart, what you're talking about. My chart doesn't say that I'm, like, addicted to heroin or, like, yeah. on drug meds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why can't you just believe what I'm telling you? Yeah. Um, so that led in, you know, to have kind of, like, a very... I feel like a big tension between me and my nurse, who was mm. also, like, experienced her own, like, life around that time. She's like... Short staff, whatever. Um, hours and hours go by. I haven't even been. 
I'm on the peanut ball. Okay, because I hear that this is what's going to help me yeah, bring the baby down. Yeah, peanut ball amazing for me. No. Oh. I was on the peanut ball on one side for five hours on an epidural. Like, I can't move myself because my, it yeah. is still working. Yeah. Like the, It was still, like, it numbed my legs. I couldn't yeah. flip myself. Um, but I could feel the contraction. Yeah, not you your know? legs, but you're not your uterus. Not my legs, but yes. And so... Then she would come and she'd be like, do you want me to flip you? She'd flip me to the other side. And then I'd be like, there, I was there for like another three hours. And I just don't think that that's how we're supposed to work. Like mm-hmm. maybe like an hour. And I would feel like my legs would just get heavier or something. Mm-hmm. And I would be like really low in the bed because of the peanut. It was just like this idea that nobody's really like listening to what yeah. I really need right now. And yeah. And... It was okay for them to, to think that because, like, hey, you haven't had a baby before, so we're telling you this is how you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how it has to go. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, eventually, there was no upping my meds. They would just refuse it. They were refusing to up my, my epidural. They were, like, saying no. Mm. And I was like, that's not right. I don't think that that's right. I don't think that mm. they should be doing that. They're like, you have a button. I'm like, this thing has been beeping for, like, an hour and a half, and mm-hmm. it's out. I'm not stupid. I used to work at the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. this means that it's out, and you haven't given me more epidural. Yeah. And at that one point, so I think I went about five hours. My last five hours, complete five hours, they were without. I was still numb in my legs, but I completely don't had, didn't have any up. Like, my epidural was up, so I, I can start feeling, like, the pain. Mm-hmm. And But every time they come to, ch- to check on me, they're like, you're still six. You're still seven. By the time I was, like... My doctor came in at, she looked, and she was like, I'm going to say this is nine. It's not really nine. But you're running the risk of, um, you know, infection because mm-hmm. I've already, I broke your water like this t- this long ago, and you yeah. know, we need to, like, start pushing. And so I was pushing at nine, even though I wasn't really nine is what they were saying. Oh, my gosh. And then I get another nurse. So this is my third nurse. Finally, a new nurse comes in. I don't know anything about her. I don't even know her name. Okay, mm-hmm. I tell her, you guys need to find me an anesthesiologist and give me more medication. And, well, she leaves to try to get me a new anesthesiologist. The anesthesiologist calls my room and is questioning me and asking me, do I really need it? Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, I'm about to start pushing, so yes, mm-hmm. I do need it, you know? And at this point, I'm, like, barely talking very heavy breathing every time the contraction comes i clearly know when it's a contraction i'm like yeah i can't even talk i'm like out of breath and like really yeah. concentrating on that contraction so like they clearly know i'm not like faking it i'm yeah. not having a full conversation with them yeah while I'm, you know having contractions so they were like well, well you know okay we'll come we'll come well they have like they prepped me i'm laying there my legs are all the way up mm-hmm. and they're telling me to push and stuff and then the anesthesiologist didn't come and so I asked the nurse and I was like okay how long am I gonna be pushing for you know I'm thinking three pushes I'm thinking three pushes no it's like three hours they're gonna give me a three hour limit and after three hours they will take me in to get a c-section if I can't push Mm -hmm. because I'm not technically 10 centimeters yet but they need to be that I need to push Millie out now Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm pushing, and the contractions are getting, you know, heavier, and they're getting more real. They're getting more painful, and I do also feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I could feel the pressure, and I did feel like I knew that Millie had dropped. I uh-huh. could feel that. I, I felt when she hit, like, 
it almost felt like she was hitting my pelvic bone. Mm. Like her head was really right there. Yeah. So I felt all of that. But alongside that, I was telling them I feel the pain. Yeah. Okay. Yes, my legs are heavy, but that part of my body is like completely intact. And I feel it. But it's okay. Whatever. They didn't listen. And I was going to give up. After I pushed for three hours. Oh and Millie's gosh. head wasn't coming out. It was like this. Okay. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. They, I, I had a mirror and I could see it. And I was mm. like literally praying to Jesus, please take this head out. Yeah. And it wasn't, nothing was happening. And the midwife would, you know, I understand that they don't like choose to do the episiotomy mm-hmm. um, lightly. But I think at this point I was like, you need to rip me open. And she didn't want to. She refused. Oh, my gosh. She refused. She's like, no, I'm not going to do that, honey. It's Trust me, it's better if you do it for yourself. And I'm like, I understand that. But you've had, had me push for three hours now. Yeah. And nothing is happening. And so then I boycotted my own birth. And gosh. and I said, I'm going to, I cannot push. I couldn't push anymore. I was like, yeah. literally like in and out, like every contraction so was just like, oh, like just death, you yeah. know? And then finally, um, the so what happened is that I started pushing. The monitor stopped working for a couple of minutes. Like, I wouldn't say minutes, but like a few seconds. And then, mm-hmm. like, the room got quiet. Then the midwife called somebody. And all of a sudden, eight people running into my room. And it's everybody in the NICU. So all the specialists and the nurses mm-hmm. and come into the room. And they're like, we're just here just to make sure. But then Millie's monitor started working again. So mm-hmm. thankfully, nothing, like, big happened. And it wasn't, like, it was pretty short-lived. But they were there pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I tell them. It was a warning. I was like, this is my last push. If I cannot take Millie out with this push, you guys need to rip me open. Mm-hmm. And I freaking pushed with my entire, like, being. Mm-hmm. This was my, like, my last breath before mm-hmm. death. And then she did come out. Mm-hmm. And Victor's, Victor's, you know, watching this the whole time because he's holding my leg up because yeah. we had no one else. It was, like, Victor and the midwife. Yeah. And that's it. And, like, um. Yeah, no. Victor says that he, they, the midwife was scooping Millie out. Like, he, she was, like, going like this. Stop it. She, he said that he was going like this. As I'm, like, literally doing my last push, I told him already I'm giving up. Yeah. She, like, went like this and, like, you know, like, pretty much ripped her out of me. Yeah. And he was just, like, in shock of that, the fact that He that saw happened. that? He saw that. He saw that. Oh I think God. that's why he's okay with me because only having one child. He ain't gonna tell you nothing. No. Yeah. He, he that yeah. was no easy. Like that was no easy task. I will say. So now, like just recently, I was having a conversation with someone about you know the she had a three kids already, and mm-hmm. two of them were, I think, with epidural, and the other one was like induced with epidural. And so she says that she's like, "Honey, you did have your epidural," and I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Because did you feel?" them take like stitching you up and I was like no yeah and she was like yeah you had your epidural the whole time and I'm like okay you're right you're right because okay so just before I finish my little story Mm -hmm. it has taken probably 15 minutes Mm -hmm. um when I pushed Millie out my entire life gave up like like I'm not even lying like the energy was gone I I passed out for like a few seconds okay so then the nurse was like hey honey you know, here's your baby. Millie was on top of me. I don't remember that. I don't remember Millie being on top of me. At one point, they took Millie off me for a second and handed her to dad because mm-hmm. I was, like, not really there. I was, like, in and yeah. out, in and out. And then um, they were weighing her eventually, and so I was, like, completely knocked out and coming back in. 
and then all I hear is like Victor was like yeah they're, they're you know they're helping you they're almost done and I hear the the two doctors or the midwife and a doctor the NICU doctor they were like looking down there mm-hmm. and they're like yeah no you missed a spot and then they went back in <laughs> oh my god to sew me back in yeah. and so it was pretty bad and after that I mean it was horrible like you talk about um you know, you're not being able to sleep? No, honey. I slept. Yeah. I slept at one point, I think, like, the straight three hours. And the victor was like, come on, you need to feed Millie. They say you need to feed Millie. Mm. And I was like. You do it. Like, going to sleep yeah. on the boob. Like, I was like, oh, no, I don't know what. Oh, my gosh. Like, it was bad. And then to get up was also very hard. I'm yeah. also, like, very low pain tolerance. So, I think yeah. that. In hindsight, I feel like that's a lot. You are has extremely, to do with that. No, knowing you your whole life, if somebody, you are very if somebody low. Maybe, yeah, somebody went through my experience and were like, this is nothing. But Everybody's different. But it, it is how that's I felt. We, that's you how know? you are, yeah. And so I, when I had to get up from that bed, it was the freaking worst. Yeah, it hurts, man. It was so bad. The ice, like you said, didn't work. Yeah. Um, the hazelnut. The did the you hazel use the spray? The little spray. Did, the spray did help a little bit. Actually, the spray, the cooling spray, mm-hmm, helped mm-hmm. more. Like, the little foam helped more than anything else. Yeah. So, I remember, like, I mean, Lathering bottles and, and bottles yeah. and bottles of returning more of this. But um, for the longest, sitting was yeah, not comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. Um, sitting in a rocker was the worst. I had mm-hmm. to, like, literally, like, prop my feet up like this. Yeah. Just to feed Millie. Because I couldn't just have my feet dangling. It felt horrible. Mm. And I bled for a like a lot. At one mm-hmm. point, I bled after I think Millie was already eight days, and I had to go in to that, the yeah. OB to get checked because I was bleeding really, yeah, really bad. I remember that. Um, but I, I guess now it's like, well, I survived that. You did, and it was only twenty five hour labor. Only <laughs> twenty five hours. Dang, you were waiting. She was not ready. Did you sleep at all? Did you before, have periods of sleeping or no? I think I tried, you yeah. know, like at the beginning before yeah. my water broke, but that was only so early. I think it was like nine, only nine hours. Nine hours, yeah. And, you know, at that, be- at that part, you know, you're just like so excited that a baby's about to yeah. come into your life so you don't sleep. But then when you really need it, it's too late. Your your legs are up in the air and you have to push. And yeah. No, that's, that's tough. I, I am glad, like, don't get me wrong, I'm glad that I didn't have to, like, go in and get a C-section, yeah. and the recovery would have been crazy, yeah. knowing that, but, like, I do, I have learned my lesson. Are, I'm not so going to get induced yeah. unless it's medically necessary, like, yeah. not because of weight. this was not a medically necessary induction, Yeah. even though it, I felt like it was, it led me to believe it was, because I didn't know. Yeah, but it wasn't. It you was you learn that so many of those ultrasound weight guesses are yeah. incorrect. Millie was born at seven pounds and nine nine ounces. Like, yeah, just one more week. I mean, one more week she would have been eight, but you probably still could have but been I, eight. But I also don't think that she would have been eight because you don't think so? because two weeks prior she was on my ultrasound. She was seven. She was weighing seven, and she came out seven. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't think that she, I don't know. I just don't think she would have grown that much in one week. Yeah. But my babies were tiny. Maybe that was why it's like easier for me because my babies were little. Maya was born at 38 weeks, but she was 5 pounds, 11 ounces. It's tiny. And Juliet was like 6, 
gosh, I can't remember, 6-3 or something. Okay, guys, so that was our birth stories. Yes. I know it was pretty intense. Yes. They look different. Yeah. They're diff- totally different experiences, even with you, two different, two different. children mm-hmm. and two different experiences. Even though, in some ways, they were similar, Yeah, um, you experienced a lot. Yeah. I think, I think all moms, it's just like everybody has a different story and, um, we just can't, we just got to go in there just doing our best. Like I said, doing our best. So, um, we hope that you enjoyed listening to our birth stories and we actually, I I enjoyed sharing it. So, um, we just want you guys to come back for the postpartum part because it's like a second part to this one but mm-hmm. make sure that you follow our page that you subscribe to our channel and you like this video and if you're listening to our podcast make sure you go and follow us on instagram at moms without time yes and also give us a review we would like that yeah make sure you let us know how awesome we are bye we want you guys to be a part of the conversation by listening in joining us on instagram and facebook at moms without time and be sure to send us a dm if you have any thoughts or questions head over to our website momswithouttime.com for more info and our everyday resources